and it's Small Town D&D with Chelsea Lee. I've been sneezing. With David Dillon. I put too much of my self-worth in jank decks and magic. And Dewey Cassidy. Yeah, my lip is fucking dry. You're not allowed to look at it or talk about it. And I'm your Dungeon Master, <laughs> Alex Wolfson. We've got a big announcement this week, folks. Our website is launched. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Check it out. Smalltowndnd.com. Wow. We've got tons of great stuff on there. It's got photos of the cast. It's got our bios, meet the players, and meet the characters. It's got our wonderful character artwork. And there's a section on there called The Visitor's Guide to Chester's Chair. Whoa. We have a map and some short descriptions of different places in town. So if you're following along with the show, check that out. Smalltowndnd.com. Tell your friends. It's already set as my homepage. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's jump in. <laughs> It has been a month since Queen Josephine IV's visit, and a lot has changed. A 30-foot sign that reads, Stop, Turn, Go to Chester's Chair, It's Good There, with a giant portrait of the Queen painted on plywood, directs traffic off the large thoroughfare of the Queen's Causeway, points you towards the bumpy cobblestone duke's path through a thick forest until that forest meets a swamp in the town of Chester's Chair. And for the first time in 800 years, tourism is up. Thank Kellum Vor. Although it is a far cry from the dense crowds seemingly all year long in the nearby Princeville, more and more guests stop into Chester's Chair every week, almost all for their first time and often only staying for a night, but word is getting out. Because of your actions raising the profile of the town, your jobs are now easier. You will get a certain amount of money guaranteed, and then your actions during your downtime can potentially increase that or affect that. And so, as we come back to this small town of Chester's Chair, we are going to once again fly through the streets and visit all of our players in turn, catch up with you about what you've been doing over the last month. We first go through Missing Chair Square to the shop of Penis Curiosity, where we'll visit Albert Penis. Great. So first things first, we're going to zoom in and see a beautiful, long, blonde head of not balding, completely full hair. Whoa. And then that person's going to walk away and you're going to see Albert Penis, who is balding and has some very robotic looking hair plugs that are not working that he has gotten in the time since we last saw him. So Albert Penis, if you're looking at him, imagine sort of your uh, Benjamin Franklin, young Jimmy Buffett types um, halfling man who uh, wears sort of inventor's gear. Brown vest, brown pants, little brown shoes, and a white sort of linen loose button-up shirt, and these little spectacles on his eyes. And he is not used to having this many people in his store, so he's running back and forth, so excited that people are excited about his little inventions. Or excuse me, his curiosities. Albert, go ahead and roll 2d20 for me, please. 15. Whoa. And another for 16. Wow, big rolls. Each number on those D20s gets you five silver. Oh, my wow. gosh. You're going to get 15 and a half sil or gold, essentially. Woo. And as you're in the shop, ding, ding, the doorbell opens, 
and a woman walks in. She's a mousy young woman. She's quite round. She has big glasses on and a white knit cardigan. And she'll say, Hello, I'm looking for Mr. Penis. Hello. Wow, you are quite a round, mousy woman. How can I help you in your big glasses? <laughs> oh, you, you must be Mr. Penis. Albert Penis. Oh, excuse me. Albert Penis. My name is Penny Pouncer. Um, oh, I was really hoping to meet you. This is so exciting. Oh, well, I hope I get to meet you as well. I saw the sign from the Queen and I knew I just had to come. You see, I run a blog for small towns and interesting things. And Sorry, that word, is that... Do you, do you mean dog? You run dogs like a dog fighting ring? No, it's ring? a new thing I've invented called a blog. Okay. <laughs> it's like a newspaper dispatch, except it only goes out to people who write to me and want to be sent it. It's like a very private newspaper. Ah, so it's letters. You're writing letters to people. Essentially, I have to write it every time I write it 100 200 times to send it out to everyone. The details. And these are about dogs? Is that the is that No, the premise it's about here? small towns and interesting little things, which is why I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm an interesting little thing. I think so, and as am I. Woohoo! My blog, Pouncing with Penny, likes to find quaint little things and blow it up. And so I was hoping that I could, oh, I don't know, pay, take a couple of these little things, write a little dispatch, and maybe in a couple of months you'll see some more guests coming in. Well, just so you know, I have not been handing out the items that blow up recently. So if you want one of those, it'll have to be, I need to sign a waiver and give me some extra gold. Right, no, I meant become popular. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. That, I have plenty of those. All right. Uh, how about this? And I'm going to hand her a little wind-up... Uh, they're like the chattering teeth, but they have little legs and they walk around. Oh, this is lovely. Lovely, lovely. And she'll grab it. And as she writes, she kind of transforms herself into like a TikTok vlogger. Oh, uh, she'll narrate out loud. This doesn't quite make sense. She'll narrate out loud as she's <laughs> writing it. Yeah, just in Chester's chair, making my cool new wind-up toy. I love these things. They're going to be big. In a couple years, they're going to be huge. If you want one now, you got to come to Penis Curiosity. It's in Chester's chair. Maybe people haven't heard about it now, but the cool kids know. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Bye. Of course. Happy to meet you. Be careful walking out the door. It's rectangular. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. And she gets through. She'll give you an extra gold piece. Go ahead and take a gold piece. Wow. Oh, my gosh. We fly across town to the heart of Missing Chair Square, where we catch up with Jeremiah Jelsinkley. David, what's uh, Jeremiah look like these days? Same bad guy, same bad place. He's uh, in the middle uh, on his little crate, uh, giving his sermons. He can be seen as somewhat of a tourist trap. You know, <laughs> Paris or, or Rome or something, you have people dressed as mimes, or you have uh, people juggling and stuff like that. He now has a tip jar and uh, people can take pictures <laughs> with him and, oh, yeah. uh, and and be like, look at this crazy old man. And where Jeremiah just thinks that they want to uh, go tell their friends about the uh, great dark Lord Kellenborn. We see a huge crowd has amassed around the freaky dandelion due to the impression that Jeremiah made on the queen. David, go ahead and roll a D4 and you'll get that many free converts. As oh, we've talked gosh. about previously... Each convert is worth five gold pieces. Amazing. It's a four. Yeah! Yay, Let's maximum four. roll this. Hell yeah. You get four free converts, and the next time we do our downtime, which will be shortly, you will be able to mail those names in and collect 20 gold pieces for it. Whew. Oh my gosh. Uh, can I have the names of those converts for my little black, well, other little black book? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the names are Stinky Tom, 
Closer, <laughs> um, Zap Brinkman, and Sal. Sal. <laughs> Sal? Like a pig? Sal, uh, I meant Sal, S-A-L, but I do like Sal more. So, yeah, the fourth is <laughs> S-O-W. Great. And then... Um, what were their mother's maiden names? Yes, and... yes, yes. Go ahead and roll a performance check to see how many autographs God. you can sell for a little oh, extra wow. money. Eight. An eight. Great. You can sell eight autographs each for... Well, maybe we'll call those a silver piece. Okay. Excellent. And Jeremiah, as you stand here slightly oblivious to the fact that they view you as a novelty in a tourist trap, you see <laughs> uh, a man creep up behind you, someone you haven't seen all month. You turn over your shoulder, and as you take him in, you recognize him. This man is wearing khakis and a sweater vest. He's bald on the top of his head, but he has kind of a scraggly beard growing in. You see a very dirty, sad-looking Tile Bold fellow. <gasps> and Tile will come over to you and say, Ah, uh, ah, uh, Jeremiah! Oh, uh, Jeremiah! Tile! Tile, my boy, what are you doing? You you look, dare I say, destitute. Jeremiah, <laughs> I live right in between poor and squalid these days. I live fully in squalid these days. Um, maybe you've heard or maybe you haven't. I know you we haven't seen each other really in the last month, but well, Mayor Cautron Werp fired me. <gasps> why why did he fire you? He's 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 kind of changed, I don't know, the lack of popularity being one upped in front of the whole town he's not taking it very well and oh he fired me and well i just came to ask could i be special assistant to the cleric of kellum four tile abs- absolutely i have a perfect closet for you to vomit in right oh. over back there thank you i never was doing the vomit though i don't know what you're talking about i'm down to backup dream number three at first i wanted to be the mayor and then I wanted to be a dancer, and now I guess I'll be this. <laughs> tile, tile, please. Uh, can I try to sleight of hand uh, scent of the big dog from him? Yeah, you can go for a loving embrace like Albert Penis usually does, and then try to instead pickpocket the scent <laughs> of the big dog. God, it's just Tile's life when he has the scent of the big dog, and that's what happened if he didn't have that. This is that, this is all he has left. Go ahead and roll a sleight of hand check. It's the curse of the big dog. <laughs> uh, 14. You reach into his pockets as he's weeping. He goes, oh, he's consoled by your touch. And as your hand comes out, you have the scent of the big dog. And I uh, spray him straight in the face. Great. Oh, oh um, I feel a little better, actually, with that musk. <laughs> now, Tile, you need to embrace how the big dog is going to act. Because now, when you wear this scent, you are... The big dog. Oh, okay. I'm the big dog. Say it again. I'm the big dog. Uh, at the at the same time, I'm I'm going to touch him and yell at the same time. I am the you big to dog to amplify. Yeah. I want to megaphone him. I'm, I'm the, big, the dog. big dog. <laughs> and we'll cut across town to the pond district to the towers schoolhouse. School children are back begrudgingly after their winter breaks, and so is one Clegg Tumstool. Clegg, how have things changed in the last month? Okay. 
<laughs> I thought we were going to start in Clegg's house, and I had something prepared. You want to start at Clegg's house? If you want to start at home, let me just do that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the same thing. I'll say, okay. we see the tower schoolhouse, and Clegg is not there. And then we go to her house, <laughs> where she is. Go ahead, Clegg. What's, what's new? Clegg's desk is cluttered with half-crumpled up papers, and some of them say things on it like, Dear Mom and Dad, how dare you? And some of the letters are a little <laughs> more fully formed, and they say things like, Dear mom and dad, how dare you write to me like that? Oh my gosh. Beyond that, not a whole lot has changed with Clegg. She wears her Colnox robes a little bit less, um, opting in favor of wearing the tracksuit that she got from, well, I forget her <laughs> name, from Pellbottom. How could she forget um, Pellbottom? That's what she did I for know. us. Taught us how to live fast. That's it. That's I love I it. Had. And as you go to work for the day at the Tower Schoolhouse, Go ahead and roll a D4. Now, Clegg, you know, as a student, you do not make any money, even in this world. <laughs> but your improved relationship with Maggie Lathy, who's a more advanced wizard, and your access to a well-stocked library means that your D4 will grant you spell levels of that amount. So a one is a first level spell. A two is either two first level spells or a second level spell and so on. So what'd you roll? I rolled a three. Hell Yeah. So you get three nice. spell levels of your choice. Again, that can be split any way you like. Oh Do I gosh. have to make that decision no, now? No, you can take your time. Okay. You also have been begging to be able to sell your eggs or blood in research studies for extra money. <laughs> and as you check the poster board, Miss Magulathy will come over to you and say, I know you've been trying to sell your eggs. And while I discourage that, <laughs> I have been able to connect the Tower Schoolhouse with researchers back at Colnox University. So we don't really have laboratories and things like that. But if you want to participate in little surveys and things that are the only ways for students to make money, you can do that now. So here, a whole big pile of them. Whenever you have some free time, Ooh. if you want to do a couple, you, you can. That's great. This is so big for me because now the School of Col Colnox is finally doing something for me instead of ruining my life. So thank you, Miss Maggie Lathy. You're welcome. <laughs> I guess that's all I'll say. Bye. And... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh wait, wait, Miss Maggie. I I had one more thing to say. Um, I think it's high time as a wizard that I start taking on an apprentice because all my friends have apprentices, and I'm ready for one now too. You you want you don't want to be an apprentice. You want to take on an apprentice. Yeah, just mm. teaching someone minor cantrips and stuff. I think it would be good for me for my growth. Oh, okay. I mean, who were you thinking? And I think Jackson Fisher. I think if I could teach him one cantrip, that would be really huge Miss for him. Miss Clegg, I missed you. Jackson Fisher will run out and <laughs> hug your legs. Oh. Hi, Jackson. Do you have any more special juice? Jeremiah gave me the special juice. <laughs> that, I had nothing to do with that. That wasn't okay. me at all. Miss Clegg, you were looking for me? Yeah, Jackson, how would you like to become a wizard's apprentice? I knew it. <laughs> I'm going to be stronger than any other wizard who's ever lived. I'm oh the smartest wizard. Uh, when do we fight bad guys? I'm ready. Uh, well, we're not going to be going out into the world and fighting bad guys. I, I think it would just be really great if you could maybe learn mage hand. I've been waiting for this moment my entire life. I'm ready. <laughs>
uh, Clegg is so taken aback by Jackson Fisher's excitement that she turns to Miss Magulathe and says, do you think this is still a good idea? <laughs> uh, he seems excited. Uh, as long as you don't teach him anything dangerous that could hurt an eight-year-old child, I think that's okay. <laughs> okay eight-year-old I, alcoholic. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and don't give him any more juice, please. Yeah, I'm just afraid that one day he'll go mad with power and then try to destroy me. But thank you, Miss Magulathe. I'll take these surveys. <laughs> I and. Hope not. And Jackson, you'll be my partner in crime. He'll run. He'll run around. Clay, go ahead and roll two d six for little surveys and things that you filled out in, in this time. This is so embarrassing. I don't know which shape are the it's sixes. The regular dice. It's the regular ass dice. The square ones. The cubes. <laughs> Just count all the sides. Six and five. One, two, six and five. Three, huge four. rolls. Uh, then you gain eleven gold. Oh, that's huge. That's in cool. surveys wow. and things. But I, I will say that that's like 35 surveys. <laughs> that's like tons of surveys you've had to do. That's great. Did I have to lose an egg? No, nope, you keep all your eggs. How many eggs? <laughs> Roll a D100. That's my current egg You'll count. keep all your eggs. I'm incredible. <laughs> and as you're hanging out in the tower schoolhouse, beginning to teach your new apprentice, amazing. Yeah, the, the first arc was teaching Summer's Bounty how to speak. The second arc is teaching Jackson Fisher how to love <laughs> don't know yet there's a knock on the door <laughs> it's the police and as the door swings open in steps mayor gaudron work <gasps> but he looks different than you've seen him before into the tower schoolhouse haggard his polished and professional demeanor has changed he's disheveled he has heavy bags under his eyes he's pale and gaunt clay is gonna whisper to jackson fisher and say jackson now and gonna pantomime like a slingshot <laughs> oh my god you want jackson fisher to attack the mayor well not like attack playfully? him and hurt him but just to like playfully jackson and childishly gonna do insult a lot him. of things that you'll ask him to do but i will ask for a persuasion check it's a low dc a four a four even the <laughs> eight-year-old brain on jackson fisher is like oh miss clegg i think that's a bad idea <laughs> i could portion this but i won't <laughs> I just love that he's been your ward for like in canon like 35 seconds and you already think that by saying now he knows what you want to do. <laughs> he's yeah, he's sure. a attack. Yeah. Use tail whip. I just wanted a Pokemon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All he has is tackle. He doesn't he doesn't have many abilities yet. And Gaudron Werp will stumble in. He looks awful. His immaculate suit is wrinkled and stained. And as he looks around, he'll say, Nah, folks. I can count on your support, right? All the kids here, I can count on your support, isn't that right? And Jack Cole actually will come out of the other room. He's shirtless. He's wearing, like, capris. He says, dude. He's shirtless in the school? In the school. He goes, dude, <laughs> you need to leave, man. Like, now. And Cowden Rip goes, no, that's real rich coming from you, right? You're asking me to leave? I'm the mayor of this town. And Jack Cole will go, now dude turn around for real and the mayor will go i hope i can count on everyone here Clegg will stand up and boo him you boo him uh yeah make a make a persuasion check 16 oh yeah all the kids <laughs> boo he's stinky boo Ooh, he's stinky jack cole will say dude you stink man and gouging work gets pushed out of the room Whoa, what a fall from grace. Yeah, Clegg's high on power now. How has Jackson, or not Jackson, how has Jack Cole's life changed 
after the Cuddle Much Night Terror he was, attack. He was beaten and robbed by the Cuddle Much Death Terror. As you ask him about it, he'll go, dude, it was horrible. He took all of my gum and both of my bottle caps. <laughs> Is that why you're not wearing a shirt anymore? Yes. <laughs> Later, dude. <laughs> and he'll run back upstairs to go teach his class. And as we've met all of the characters, we will now do the most exciting part of D&D, upkeep expenses. Let's you folks go. You have a lot of rent and lifestyle expenses oh due. And so as you've made some money, you are also going to lose some money. I will say that for the lifestyles you've selected, you get a little extra than just living. Albert, you live comfortably and pay four gold a month in rent. Clegg, you live modestly and pay three gold a month in rent. And Jeremiah, you live right on the border between squalid and poor, and your rent is only six silver because it's been rent controlled for many decades. It's amazing. I love I love a democratic Chester's chair. So we have two we have two things we're paying is rent and lifestyle. Yeah. Got it. For your lifestyle, you get a little extra thing, except for Jeremiah, you kind of won't. Albert, for your lifestyle expense, you can buy new clothes and a piece of furniture. Clegg, you can choose either a new set of clothes or a piece of furniture to get included. And Jeremiah, you can buy one nice meal for you and Anthony. Wow. So go ahead and think about those things for a second. I think this is three lifestyle periods, which means Clegg, you owe five gold. Albert, you owe 10 gold. And Jeremiah, you owe 1.5 gold. Jeremiah, your life is so cheap. (laughs) (laughs) And whenever you're ready, if you have something that you'd like to get with your lifestyle, go ahead. Okay, so Jeremiah... Uh, still has the high hooter Chris Tato maker. That's all he eats every single day. And this is a major upgrade from uh, his previous lifestyle. He was foraging in some instances and he would go to the Chris Tato farm just to pocket some Chris Tato's for a later meal. Now for him and Anthony, uh, he's doing the really bougie thing and he's buying some sour cream to put on his baked Chris Tato. <laughs> Jeremiah also still have like 30 peach cobblers or did he go through Oh, those are long already? gone. <laughs> how long, a, how long has been last you? It's been a month. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are super. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm taking those out. Of, I have them in my inventory. I thank you for reminding me. I do need to take those out. <laughs> They're gone. So maybe in this month that we've uh, time skipped, Jeremiah's looking a little pudgy. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Albert, what's your thing? So Albert has, as we know, been playing what Alex calls Pokemon, where he keeps mm-hmm. collecting new characters to live with him right now after the death of Chimpy and the escape of Landspawn. He was one of your Pokemon? <laughs> he was gonna, I think he was, I was going to try to get him to live with us. Um, <laughs> he didn't have enough badges to train him. Yeah, yeah he that's escaped. Right. He didn't listen to me. <laughs> um, so right now he just has Money Boy and Stetson. But in order to house Money Boy, who's just been sleeping, I think on the floor, yeah. Um, he's built as this piece of furniture an addition in the back with two rooms, one for Money Boy and one as a functioning Airbnb that he rents out to travelers. Fantastic. Typical, like what would be, would be cited to the town planner as a quote pool house, but it's actually just like a little functioning extra guest room that people are staying in. So it's got on one side, it's got Money Boy's bedroom. On the other side, it's just like a little house that people can rent out for the article of clothing. Albert has no issue with what he wears. What he wears is too expensive for him to begin with, so now it's functional for him. So instead of getting clothes for himself, he has bought clothes for Money Boy. 
So <laughs> Money Boy is now Albert's handyman. So <laughs> while Albert is around doing stuff, Money Boy runs the Airbnb. So he fixes up leaks. He uh, deals with problems. He welcomes guests by putting out like a spread of like hors d'oeuvres on like the table inside and stuff before they arrive. He cleans everything up. And uh, his handyman outfit that Albert has bought for him is a wonderful and durable pair of denim jeans, blue jeans, work boots, a leather, like brown tool belt and leather work gloves, which, uh, believe it or not, is uh, what I was Googling earlier. The exact outfit that Brad Pitt wears on the roof in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> uh, and you'll notice I did not describe a shirt. That is, he is shirtless. Uh, he is not wearing a shirt. <laughs> oh, Albert, you shouldn't have. As he puts oh, that's exactly what the shopkeeper said. <laughs> I'll make sure everyone's comfortable. Okay, money boy, I need you to say comfortable normally before I give you this hammer. Okay. Comfortable. <laughs> I love that I'm going to live right next to all the guests. So if they get in the, up in the middle of the night, I'll hear them. All right, you know what? That's good enough. Here's the hammer. Thank you. <laughs> He'll run off, he breaks four things on his way out the door. <laughs> Still not the weirdest Airbnb host. <laughs> and Clegg, what's your thing? Clegg is going to pick new clothes, and she is going to have an identical pair of orange robes, but with no Colnox branding. Whoa. Counterculture. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely identical to the Colnox robes and may even have been a second purchase of the Colnox robes, but the little badge and stuff has been ripped off. Great. And as we've caught up with all of our players, all of you players meet up at your favorite place and have a good old chat and hang out and celebrate your good fortune. So where would you like to head to? I vote it was the bar we went to our first time. That, that's right. the Mossy Marsh. Yeah. With those two characters that we spent a lot of time meeting and then never saw again. <laughs> yep. You all meet up and hike off to the Reed District together. Enjoying the extra space in the Reed District, the wider streets, the Batman figure of Fenea Vorn leaping from roof to roof, (laughs) (laughs) and reach eventually a squat stone building that has been here for many hundreds of years, the first local bar in Chester's chair. And as you walk through the wooden door, you're greeted with a slightly less grumpy Brenda Shortspur, who, instead of throwing you out on site, will say, the party planning committee. Albert, Jeremiah, and Clegg Tumstool. Albert Penis, Jeremiah, and Clegg Tumstool. Albert Penis. You all did a great thing for the town. Come on in. Take a seat. Come on in. And uh, she'll wave you all inside. And who's come with you if you're if you're bringing people? Yeah, so I'm going to bring along Money Boy and then my Airbnb guest, Penny Poucher. Whoa, yes. Oh, my great. gosh. So Pe- Penny Pouncer. Pouncher. So as Penny Pouncer <laughs> bought something from you, she also was like, um, is there a place to stay? And you and she lives in your house now. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Great. She's at the bar. I have not brought. Well, no, I, I rode I rode over on Anthony. Okay. And Tyle was following you or hoping to follow you around. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think he'd be following me around. And Clegg, have you brought anyone? Your apprentice is a child. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Who likes a stiff drink? <laughs> Clegg's um, apprentice is Jackson Fisher, mostly just during school hours, and he's absolutely not allowed to drink anymore. <laughs> has Summer's Bounty changed since we've seen him last? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and describe Summer's Bounty. Is, is his, are his clothes any different? <laughs> I just love his little wife beater. I just want <laughs> to say that Summer's Bounty is still wearing the wife beater, but he's got a little gut now. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. He'll fly out of your hat and go, Children should not be allowed to drink, but cats 
have no limits! And fly into the bar. And uh, as you all come in <laughs> and find a seat, you can toast to your good fortune. A, a round of drinks are poured for everybody. Mead. Brenda, oh, Brenda, real quick. Actually, could Brenda. we all get Brenda. around? What? Brenda. We've known each Brenda. other for years. Yes, I though. said Brenda very clearly. Brenda. Brenda. What do you want, Albert? I think that we should all get a round of Chris Tato bombs. What do we say? <laughs> I, last time we did the Chris Tato bombs, I was cleaning up glass shards for a week. Well, little little worry you, my friend. I have brought along my handyman money bags here. Money boy! <laughs> money boy. And he could fix any broken glass with that beautiful hammer I gave him. Can he? That doesn't make sense. And can he wear a shirt in here, please? Well, unfortunately, he can't put a shirt on over those big gloves, so we're kind of stuck. I don't own clothing other than these. <laughs> uh, Chris Tato bombs. Fine. One for everyone? Yes. Thank you, Brenda. Brent, we know each other. Albert, don't make this a thing now. And she'll walk <laughs> off. Pour Chris Tato bombs for everyone. She comes back, and now you have a mead and a Chris Tato bomb each. Chug it. <laughs> Great. You chug your Chris Tato bombs. Delicious. Clegg is not drinking hers, and instead, uh, Summer's Bounty is... Taking one for the team. These are like 30% of my body weight. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it'd be more than that. How heavy is Summer's Bounty? I'm drinking 300% of my body weight. Yeah, how many ounces <laughs> is, is Summer's Bounty? My whole body is a pound. <laughs> <laughs> Summer's Bounty is passed out on the table. Yeah. You're 116th Cristado bomb right now. Yeah. Summer's Bounty is yeah. out here looking like dang Veruca Salt. Uh, or no, who's the... Violet Beauregard over here. There you go. <laughs> Tile, have you ever taken a Chris Tato bomb before? Uh, I, I've, I've had alcohol, but I haven't had a Chris Tato bomb, no. Well, let me tell you something about this. This is in memory of the great breeze top bombing that happened in Chester's chair. <laughs> they made a, a fun little drink out of it. You take the shot. And okay. then you throw the shot glass against the wall as hard as you can. Money Boy is shaking as the story is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Money Boy's his eyes are wide. Vibrating. <laughs> as you teach Tile how to do the shot, Money Boy can't take it anymore. He'll grab all of the remaining shot glasses oh, from the table. No. Money Boy! Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and psh, 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 psh. explosions on the back wall. Brenda Shorts will work up. That's it. He's out of here. He's out of here. You. Oh. This is my last warning for all of you. That one's gone. Brenda, if you kick him out, who will fix the glasses? He's not. Money Boy's over by the glasses, hammering them. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's gone. Albert, get him out of here. All right, I'll get him out of here. And then I'm just going to, like, stand up and, like, do fake walking. <laughs> oh. Albert, I know you're not really walking. Oh, silly me. With this with this waterproof armor, I can't tell if I'm moving sometimes. All right, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk him out. And then before I go back in, I'm going to stop by Anthony and say, you harm a hair on his head. <laughs> I'll kill you. Moo. What I thought. I'm going to walk away. Great. And as you go back and rejoin the table, Money Boy's face is pressed flat <laughs> at the window. It's like a horror at 10,000 feet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as you're sitting here enjoying your, your drinks and relaxing, Tile will lean in and say, I guess we've all kind of lost our jobs in a sense, right? I mean, you're not planning a party anymore. I'm not... Oh. Oh, oh, let me forget. I'm okay. I can do it. I'm not the special assistant to the mayor anymore. And we don't have access to the closet anymore. We still have access to the closet. You're the only one who's been fired. Yeah, my key still works. You're... What? Yeah. Well, 
it might there might come a time where we're not employed by the city anymore at all. It begs the question, do you have a new name? Like a new group name? One maybe that you're going to keep for like a long time that is not a reference to an American sitcom that I wasn't aware of when I <laughs> said it out loud once? Well, at some point, Clegg said we should be called the Pussy Posse, and I shut that down. <laughs> Clegg, oh my god. <laughs> I think it's a good name. I think it's empowering. And as the players sit and ponder the actual name that me, the DM, is actually asking them for, we will go to our break and come back in a few Ooh. minutes. Bye-bye. So much pressure. We go back to the bar in the mossy marsh as the evening is progressing, as the drinks are flowing, as the summer's bounty is lying motionless on the table, <laughs> as the penny pouncer is wondering why she was invited, but kind of having a good time. Oh, this is fun. What would you all like to do hanging out here at the bar? So I had a name during the break. Ooh. And when I told Alex the name, he said, Oh, no, we can take a week so we don't have to end up with a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> name I've been blown up. Jesus Christ. So we have to sit through, like, fucking land spunk and all That's this bullshit. Name. And Chelsea yes, comes up with one name. But you didn't hear the name yet, though. Hey, what was the, the name? The name is the Chester's Chairs. And the motto is don't sit on me. <laughs> Why would you shoot that down? That rules. <laughs> the, you know what I said? I said, I said, Chelsea, if you share that with Dewey and David, they're just going to say yes. And that'll be the name. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the perfect name. I think it's a good oh, name. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can choose any name you want. Absolutely. You can choose any name you want. Great. But, we're the Chester's chairs. <laughs> I will just see the idea. But you can take a week to think about it. Great. Chester's chairs it is. <laughs> yeah. Great. <okay. laughs> And as you're hanging out at the bar thinking about what might be a good name that like lasts a long time, <laughs> you hear commotion outside. <gasps> and then psh, a broken window. And the commotion gets louder through the broken window. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to go look at the window because I'm assuming that's Money Boy. <laughs> you go to the window and look out and you see Sir Alistair Turtle and Money Boy seem to have bumped into each other out front of the Mossy Marsh. Oh, no. You know that Sir Alistair Turtle, the other wiry old man, with a former knight now kind of past his prime, he tends to hang out at the Mossy Marsh, and you haven't seen him yet. He was on his way. And now he and Money Boy are wrestling out front. Oh, M Money Boy? Oh, I'm going to cl crawl through the window and try to stop them. Great. As you get closer, you see... Uh, Money Boy and Sir Alistair Turtle are both like very similar body type. They're both lanky. They have their arms around each other's ankles. They're wrestling each other on the floor and they're going, Oh, don't you da, 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 da. Oh, don't you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I want to do you. Come around here, you damn. Oh, don't you touch me. In the wah, 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 wah. I'm going to stand about nine feet behind Money Boy and I'm going to go, Money Boy, defense curl. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Twelve. A 12. Money Boy hears your voice. He, he recognizes and, and trusts you. And he'll go, Okay, Albert! Ooh! And he curls himself up into a little ball. It's fun that you said that like he's a dog. <laughs> he recognizes your voice and trusts you. <laughs> he does it. He goes into a defensive curl position. He raises his defense one level. And Sir Alistair Turtle, with a natural five to respond, is confused. Alistair Turtle stands up and goes, Huh! 
how am I supposed to wrestle you when you're all wrapped up in a ball? And Money Boy will say, Ooh, oh, you can't touch me now. I'm too little for you. Money Boy, use rollout. And Money Boy will try and roll forward. And Sir Alistair Turtle is just frail enough that a slightest bump from Money Boy does send him packing onto his back. His heavy male plate that he wears over his chest comes up over his face, obscuring it. His, his arms are kind of noodling out the top. And Brenda Shortspur is going to come out and try and break this fight up. All right, hold on. I don't have a Pokeball. I'm going to throw a hot dog at him. See what happens. <laughs> Great, you throw a hot dog at him, it just hits him in the back. <laughs> and Brenda Shortspur will come out and go, all right, that, that's enough. That's enough, boys. That's enough. And she'll pull, pull them off. She'll pull the chest plate down on Alistair Turtle. As they both stand up, she'll brush them off and go, you, to Money Boy, you need to go home and pay for the window. And you, Alistair, stop fighting people out front. I've told you this over and over again. And he goes, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. And he'll come into the bar. Money Boy will look at you, Albert, and go, do I have to go home now? No, Money Boy, I think you're allowed to go back in after all that. Okay, and he'll turn to go in front of him. No, no, and push him out. <laughs> My bad, misread the situation. Money boy, you gotta go home. (laughs) All right, I'll go home. He'll take the hot dog and munch on it as he leaves. Coming back inside, um, what else would you like to do for your little party evening? Clegg's gonna ask Albert, hey, what was that all about? Money boy's typically somewhat nonviolent. Oh, yes, well... (laughs) He is like me. He has his fits of rage when an unsavory character walks in, and something about Alistair Turtle always sets him off. It also happens with real turtles. I've had to <laughs> put a bunch of oil outside the shop so they all slide down the street before he sees them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the turtle turtles just frequent Peter's curiosity, and every time they, they get in front, they slide away. They well, because I eat street. a lot of lettuce, and sometimes I eat there's I buy more than I can eat, so I put yep. the excess lettuce outside the shop. And apparently the turtles can just smell it from miles away because they come march, march, marching <laughs> over to eat all my damn cabbage and lettuce. Big leafy green. I'm constantly making Portuguese soapish, and they just love the cabbage and lettuce. <laughs> yeah, Clegg's gonna take in that response, think for a minute, go, huh, odd. And then she's gonna step outside and cast speak with animals. And who, who are you trying to speak to? I'm trying to speak to Anthony because he saw the fight and maybe he can tell me what happened. Great. And once again, you approach Anthony, the horse, David's horse. Sorry, was last time Clegg talked to Anthony, was that the pilot of the second episode? That was the first episode. This? Yeah. We're doing this at the start of every season. Yes. <laughs> Never talking to him again. <laughs> Anthony who? You, you cast this on yourself. He doesn't understand what you're doing, but he sees you approach and his eyes go wide. Clegg's going to stare him down for a few seconds. As your eyes lock, he'll say, can you understand me? Hey, Anthony, I'm going to need you to keep your cool. You bastard. <laughs> you bastard. Um, he'll take a number. at you. <laughs> um, I told you. I've been waiting here for months, basking in the hell of my own mind, wondering who I might speak with, who might understand the soul of Anthony the horse. Jeremiah does not ride me. The Albert Penis lives in fear of me, <laughs> and you, Clegg Tomstool, are the wickedest beast of them all, for you have ignored me. <laughs> I barely see you around. Oh. You came out that one time. I eat my oats, I munch my hay, and every day I have to say I do not like Clegg Tomstool now. I wish that she would go down. Oh my god. I'll munch at you another time. Clegg will take in Anthony's tirade and go, 
okay then screw you anthony and walk back in no wait don't leave i have so much more i want to say i have so much i want to write <laughs> didn't you hear my poetry and you've gone inside yeah it has her oh hand over her ears has gone straight back inside great everyone else from inside just hears <laughs> a mournful anthony the horse oh he must be hungry i'll go outside and give him some hay <laughs> <laughs> he'll eat it unhappily Jeremiah sees that Turtle and Money Boy got into a fight, and he sees Turtle coming in, and he sees Money Boy going out, and he's a little pissed off about this, because he, he enjoys Money Boy's company way more than Turtle's uh, company, and so he goes up and he says, hey, what, what do you think the big idea is? Coming in here, kicking our friend out, just so you can have a little bit of an ego boost. People today don't understand the real world, <laughs> Jeremiah. It's maybe it's you and it's me, but that man out there is a problem causer, and this man in here is a problem solver. You've been nothing but a problem in our entire time that I've known you in Chester's oh. chair, which has been far too long for anybody to stomach. Jeremiah, what we're missing is a heroic sacrifice. If you would lay <laughs> down your life so that this town could succeed, oh, then we'd really know. I ventured the same idea with your friend out there. I said, maybe if you, old man, would roll over and die, things would finally improve. And he attacked me with his hammer. And then he put the hammer down and he slapped me with his pinky finger. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go apologize to Money Boy. No. <laughs> you need to apologize and we'll all do a Chris Tater bomb, and everybody will go home happy and in one piece. Make a persuasion or intimidation check, depending on if that last statement was meant to be scary or not. Uh, yeah, intimidation for sure. Oh, shit. Uh, 16. I heard that, uh, you killed a monkey and four snakes. <laughs> I'll go apologize. We're not going to make it a turtle on that, on that list as well. Oh, God. He'll turn and leave. And oh, wait. Hey, uh, Mr. Turtle, huh? why were you talking about a heroic sacrifice? Why does someone need to die? Someone needs to die in order for this town to prosper. I don't know who and I don't know why. Oh, okay. I thought that you were going to say something actually important. All right, but Mr. Turtle, this town is prospering. I mean, there's more people in my shop than I can count. Yes. Leg has got some sort of new apprentice and... Uh, Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah's got plenty of converts to come down and check out his, uh, his god of whatever, and, uh, <laughs> Tile, well, Tile's an anomaly, but the rest I of the town nothing. seems to be thriving. Oh, I suppose the town is doing better. Someone must have laid down their life heroically, and they shall be remembered! Well, my chimpanzee, uh, Chimpy, did <gasps> die. He laid down his life in circumstances that we shall not share. Okay. I miss him every day. He'll pull a sword. He'll pull a sword out of his scabbard. He holds it up with a rickety arm. For Chimpy! Brenda will say, no swords! No swords! <laughs> no. Brenda, it's okay. It's for Chimpy. Brenda, Alistair Turtle will say, I'll go get your friend. A few moments later, you hear, And then the two men come walking in the door. We shorted it out. Alistair Turtle will sit down and Money Boy will rejoin you. And Brenda will say, I didn't let you back in at all. You need to leave. And Money Boy will leave again. <laughs> Penny Pouncer will say, I kind of feel like I should have left a long time ago, but this is fun. And you all head home for the evening and you'll get a long rest. And in the morning, when you wake, 
you know that today is a very important day in Chester's chair. It is the kickoff of the election season. And so in the morning, you all meet up in Missing Chair Square, and you see that it is a buzz with people. Slightly less organized than at most events, because Tile is no longer working for the city. But people are packed in, sitting on top of each other's shoulders. You see that each of the three main districts, the Reed, Pond, and Root districts, are sort of standing together even more so than normal, sort of forming little factions. And after a long delay, up on a haphazard stage, more poorly assembled than than normal, a very ragged Mayor Gaudron Warp will ascend to the top of the stage and address people at the podium. He has his top hat, it's bent and deflated slightly. He looks out at all of you and say, My fellow citizens of Chester's Chia. This last month has no, no, no. Just it's just three gold pieces, three copper pieces. If you want one of these, you're, you're selling stuff. <laughs> so Albert, Albert has arrived wearing like a little like uh, you know his hot dog vendor at the game. He's yeah. got one of those gold <laughs> little trinkets. So you're just talking to people next to him like three, three, three copper pieces. That's it. Sure, sure, sure. People are buying. Yeah, you know them. we do we do change. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's also there's grumblings and boos from the audience even already. Ooh, as Mayor Whip goes, calm, calm down, calm down. Yes. <laughs> now. This last term might not have been my most popular, but, well, folks, today is just a ceremonial day. We'll see how the election really goes, right? Today is the day where we announce the candidacy for mayor. And so I ask one more time. The the podium will be up here for another 10 minutes, and anyone who would like to run for mayor is welcome to deposit their name into the box, and it will be read aloud. And as he says this, cheers from different sections of the crowd break out the root district cheering for jillrana thistletop jillrana the pawn district cheering for fent cherry stone there's this fet, fet. <laughs> and the reed district cheering for finea vorn and there's this just <gasps> you realize this is an opportunity to convince someone who you might like to run for mayor perhaps consider running yourself or perhaps to declare your support for one of the three district leaders who all look to be running. Big decision this time, so right? Huge. What? You know, Jeremiah, as these people walk up to the podium, it occurs to me that no one up there has lived in this town longer than you have and knows the town better than you do. That's true. However, I'm not built for politics. I am. I serve but only the Dark Lord of Kelimvor. <laughs> However, I do believe the government in its current state does not serve the people as okay, it, okay, well, okay, Jeremiah, we're not getting into this again, all right? Uh, save it for the next time we're at the Foggy Bottom, whatever it's called. Foggy Marsh. <laughs> foggy Bottom. What's it called? The Mossy Marsh. Mossy Marsh. <laughs> the Soggy Bottom? What is this, Great British Bake Off? <laughs> <laughs> well, amongst our little group, we've got Jeremiah, who is a man of Chester's chair, but we also have a man of the people. Claire, are you talking about yourself? No, I'm not talking about myself. I can barely stand other people. I don't oh know if he even wants this, but Money Boy is a man of the people, and he Leg, did. I, you are reading my mind. He did let everyone in during the Queen's visit, um, including those who previously could not get a seat. So I don't know. I don't know if he wants that. I don't. I don't even know if it would be good for the town. But I think it would be something to think about. Well, you know what? I could ask him, and I'm going to dig around a little bit in my chest of trinkets, and I'm going to pull out Money Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah. He comes out, hey, oh, it was nice in there. Thank you. 
I was eating a spoonful of peanut butter. What did you want? I did not put peanut butter in there. <laughs> what was I eating? <laughs> Money Boy, we have a question for you. Okay. As we speak, the hourglass is slowly ticking away on an opportunity to run for the government of this fair village. Oh. And we were thinking... That we well, tear down the government from its very roots. Uh, give me one moment, Moneybags. Money I'm gonna slowly, as he says money boy, I'm going to slowly shove him back in the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So if we do decide to go with uh, money boy, he is a bit rough. We may have to polish <laughs> him a bit. Are we sure that we're OK with that level of responsibility? Well, it sounds like we all have ideas for the government. If we can act as advisors, then we could hopefully oh. try to steer them in the right direction. Now, I don't know if Money Boy can be steered from his direction that he intends to pursue. Well, let's let's ask him. Money Boy, I'm going to pull him back up. Oh. <laughs> Money Boy, how open are you to being steered in a different direction? As long as that direction is straight towards my enemies. Any institution that thinks they can keep me down, I will rip it from the ground. Uh, we're going to shove him slowly back me. in the box. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like he's steerable, so we could maneuver this quite a bit. <laughs> Another thing that could be more steerable is we nominate Anthony, my horse. If that horse is elected mayor, he'll be the first mayor assassinated in, in this town's history, because I will shoot him in the goddamn head before I take an order from him. Anthony and I have a lot of beef also. It's nothing to worry about. It's private between him and me. But Well, if you're able to talk to him, you can you can be his voice and you can act on behalf of Anthony. We're not nominating the goddamn horse, all right? The horse is done. We're done talking about the horse. Now, are we going to nominate the man that I'm keeping in my purse? <laughs> All those in favor, <laughs> rate. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Clay. Oh, I just have a question for Money Boy. Oh, give me one moment. Money Boy. Oh. Hey, Money Boy, I was wondering, I know you hate the establishment, but what if you had to become a part of the establishment so as to tear down the establishment? Destroy it from the inside. Yeah. The old inside out technique. Yeah. Oh, it's an interesting play. As long as the end goal is to break it from within, to explode it into a million pieces so that it showers us in its glorious blood and feces, then I could <laughs> push it back in. All right, sounds like he's open to it. So <laughs> that's all I need to I, hear. I will, I will point out that you don't have a magical bag. So Money Boy's legs are just, he's walking around <laughs> and he's, he's willingly folding himself up into your rucksack. It's yeah. a very big bag. Yeah. Excuse me, Mr. Galdron Werp. That's Mayor Galdron Werp. Well, pretty soon it's going to be ex-mayor because we nominate Money Bags. Money Boy. Let me roll something. M Money Boy's <laughs> a wanted and unknown fugitive. <laughs> oh, should we give him a different name? Well, let's see. <laughs> it's a good thing that Galdron Werp does not pay attention to any of the details because he rolls a natural four and he goes, yeah, I'm, uh, Mr. Money, whatever. Actually, hold on one second, Money Boy. It does occur to me that Money Boy is a wanted criminal. <laughs> His name is John Fall, but I don't know if that's also associated. So what if we name him something like Mr. Money? Maybe uh, Eddie Money. He did go by Dollar's Child when he was being questioned by the police. Is that on record with the police? <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. So maybe not Dollar's Child. Tile, do you think this is... Is Tile there? Can yeah, we... Tile's, yeah, Tile's there. Tiles, 
freaking out that he's not being nominated. <laughs> Tile, put aside your personal feelings of wanting to be nominated okay. and just just answer this as the, the wise, You're gonna make confidant. me the same man who lives in a bathtub, Mayor. I understand. He doesn't live in a bathtub anymore. He lives in a wonderful condo with a large bathtub, yes. Yes, that's true. It's me who lives in a bathtub now. Oh, Jeremiah got a bathtub. <laughs> Oh. That's big for Jeremiah. We've had some upgrades. <laughs> what do you want to know? As as a wise confidant who has been with us from the very beginning, is this too crazy to work? Is it too crazy to work? Are you asking me honestly? Yes. Well, you know, he's a known criminal. His face is well publicized, even though he's changed. And I know you're going to put him under a fake name. But, you know, it's not. A, it's not. it doesn't scream to me that this is a great idea. He's He's not that popular. He is a criminal. He doesn't seem to want to do the job. So, Penny, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I've been having fun here, but I just, I don't know if I know any of you well. I should have left, probably. All right, noted. Thank you. I'll be mayor, though. I mean, I'd run. No, no, we okay. don't know you that well. Tyle, what are the qualities that make a good mayor? You're closer to that than maybe anyone. I mean, it's somebody detailed, somebody noble, with an open heart to care for people, with an the eye of a hawk who can spot problems and solve them with the heart of a lion who knows <laughs> where his allegiances lie with the claws of a falcon who could chop things if they get bad. <laughs> you know. Tile, you just give me a wonderful idea. Okay. Perhaps Moneyboy's fake name could be Tile Boldfellow. Yeah. Now hear me <laughs> yeah, out. When you look at John Moneyboy <laughs> Fall, you come up with criminal records. But if you search Tile Boldfellow, all you find is years of dutiful civic service. And that's a record worth standing on. I guess so. Do, do we know if Tile, do we know anything about Tile's lineage or his parents or anything? No one's ever asked me. Tile, what, what's with your lineage and your parents or whatever? And uh, Gouge and Werp will say, well, folks. Time is a ticking. Well, box is closing any moment now. Just one last call. One last call for good. All right. Do we want to go with Tile as the name? I did pitch Eddie Money, which would be funny. <laughs> and I know I was the one who suggested this. But are we going to do the insane thing of electing Money Boy as a puppet monarch mayor for our whims he'll start as a mayor we'll see if we can get him a monarch <laughs> maybe we'll get are him a we dictator. perhaps going to do the more rational thing of standing behind someone like jorana now here's what i will say is that if we are looking for an effective puppet one person who we know is willing to be bullied and do whatever we say <laughs> while also being a competent leader and the other one is money boy <laughs> <laughs> Who will listen to battle commands for sure, <laughs> but does want to destroy the government of a now flourishing town. I still vote that we do it, but if we decide to puppet Tile, I'm fine with that, too. Oh, this is tough. I think on one hand, Clegg was suggesting Money Boy to say as a joke, like, what if we push people? Oh, now that we're doing it, it's suddenly a joke. <laughs> <laughs> now that it's about to happen, now that Trump's in office, it's suddenly a joke that you voted for him. <laughs> well, fellows, I do have an idea that may work out to sort of be in the middle of both of these thoughts. We could run the actual Tile Boldfellow Jr. 
as the mayor and Tyle Boldfellow Sr. posing as his father as the deputy <laughs> mayor, allowing both of them on the ticket, giving them both a share of the power and keeping each other in check. It'll be the most heartwarming story that Chester's chair has ever seen of father-son mayor Yes, ever since that dog saved a kitten from drowning, this will be the most heartwarming thing that's happened in this town. I I think there's no other option. This is is the most obvious option. Tyle will say, "Um, you know, we both could just, we could put both names in, but yeah. No, I think it's better to link you two together forever. Okay, all right. Oh, sorry. Money Boy, did you hear all that? I got it. I'm his dad now. <laughs> Push him down. So you are writing a slip of paper that says Mayor Tyle Boldfellow Jr. And Tyle, yeah. Tyle will also say, I'm not a junior, but okay. Tyle Boldfellow Jr. And Deputy Mayor Tyle Boldfellow Sr., who is Money Boy. Yep. Great. You write it on a piece of paper and Gowdrum up goes, oh, okay, one more. And you'll, you'll put it in. And then the mayor will stand up in front of the crowd, quieting everybody down again. Now, folks, it's time to read who is running for mayor. He'll open the box up. Fent Sheristone. Applause from the Pond District. Pulls in another one. Fenea Vaughn. Cheers and grunts from the rougher Reed District. Girano Thistletop. And some sweet applause from the Root District. To pull out another one. Gadrin whip, anybody? <laughs> and boo from the Ooh. town. And oh, and two more in here. Mayor Tile Boldfellow Jr. and Deputy Mayor Tile Boldfellow Sr. <laughs> confused. Uh, some scattered applause and mostly confused. Woo! Yes, yes! And three people cheering. Jeremiah casts thaumaturgy and is, is boomingly loud. And one more. And, uh, Penny Pouncer, how did? Who is Penny Pouncer? And Penny Pouncer will go. Who? Penny Pouncer. I'm gonna look at her. Penny. <laughs> and with that put away, the mayor will close the box and say, "Well, folks, I wish everyone the best. Elect and stop, stop." A, a, a voice rings out, "Mr. Mayor, just a minute." A man comes up onto the stage. It's Chief of Peace Arnold Dolesbury. He takes the box out of the mayor's hands. And he looks to address the crowd. He says, now, everybody, don't be alarmed. But it appears that every check issued by the city of Chester's chair in the last month has bounced. (gasps) None of you are getting paid. The city is somehow bankrupt. We're looking into it. Nobody. And people are, what? There's voices, chatter, uh, breaking out everywhere. No, no, uh, no. I said, don't be alarmed, everyone. I said, be calm. We're looking into it. The Royal Peacekeeping Force is looking into this, and we will... Uh, okay, I said, don't be alarmed! I, stop being alarmed, all of you! Stop being alarmed! And the crowd begins to yell and scream. The people from the schoolhouse, Maggie Lathy is, is yelling, but our, our, all of our funding comes from the town! Members uh, of town from the Cristado Farms are angry and up in arms, and also like, is that our dad? And <laughs> the Root District, <laughs> other districts are, are upset, wondering what's, what's going on. And there... We will end tonight's session. Whoa. We will pick up again next week with much more. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you, players, for playing. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, DMs, for DMing. Thank you, cliffhangers, for cliffhangering. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) 
Follow us on Instagram at smalltowndnd and check out our new website. What? Smalltowndnd.com. Oh my Set god. Set it as your homepage now. Alex, is it true that the more people click on it, the higher will show up in Google results? I'm not sure, but if it is true, then that would be great. Tell your friends about the show. Rate and review us. All those things help the show. They really do. So if you like us, please, please consider doing that. And that's it for now, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.